All right, when you when you are talking in a podcast, you tend to not for, like forget you're talking into a microphone, and you um and you start to like drift and stuff, which is fine because you get animated with what you're talking about. But just remember, you're talking on a. So podcast. it's like super important to be really close to I it. I wouldn't say really close, like a fist away or a little closer. If you want to get like so, like right in this. Stay range. in this range. Okay, where it's but like you can move it face. and stuff, and you you don't have to like be like super fucking like you know like okay addicted to it but i would say like remember you're like on a podcast so like the mic is important and the audio is important you know okay for sure all right well without further ado ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to the con man's answer show episode number 99 um this is one of two in person that i'm about to be doing this weekend uh for episode 99 and 100 but yeah just with me today is roman stein uh introduce yourself dude whatever you do and who you are you know all right, yeah, my name is Roman Stein. A big shout out to Colin for having me out on here. Um, about me a little bit. Well, I'm 22 from the Bay Area, California, Sunnyvale, California. Um, I'm a CS major, computer science major, and a physics major actually currently as well. Um, in my free time, I like to bungee jump and cliff jump and whitewater kayak, you know, do all the outdoor activities, all that big stuff. And uh, yeah, that's me pretty much. That is you, and you are one of the only, one of the two only people that I know who have bungee jumped ever. Well, <laughs> no, three because Caden, but yeah, Caden worked for us. Yeah, you do it as a like recreational now. Okay, what is it like jumping your first time versus your thousandth jump? You know, what is the difference in anxiety? What is the difference in pressure? What, oh, what man. you know, does your mind change? It is completely different. So I have. I've right around just over 600 bungee jumps now over the past since probably 2019. Um, so my first bungee jump was down in Oregon, a Central Oregon bungee, uh, which is where I work now. Um, this was before I worked there. My good buddy, he owns the company. And uh, it was crazy. It was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I'd been cliff jumping for a couple of years, like kind of seriously before that, like really trying to progress and push myself and get better at it. Um, but I mean, once you're standing 300 foot over a big open canyon, rocks and river below you, it's a completely different world. There's nothing else like it. And I was scared. I remember, so I did, I did one bungee jump, um, as a chest harness, big jump out. I was pretty scared. It was super fun. The next day I came back and I did ankle wrap. So instead of being hooked to my chest, I was hooked by my ankles and I was super scared then. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was telling the guy, I was like, yo man, like. I'm scared right now. Like I, I cliff jump, I do all these things, but I'm I'm fucking scared. And I just went, I pushed through, I did it, and it was the best feeling ever. And since then, you know, six hundred jumps later, and now it's like I, I, I still, I would say I still kind of get scared, right? Because you know you have this natural human adrenaline instinct kind of thing. No, no, I actually don't get really adrenaline rushes. I don't get any adrenaline rushes That's from bungee jumping. It's, it's more about. Well, so there's two things. So there's the fear aspect, and then there's the why I do it. So the fear aspect is before you jump, you like you're gonna your body's gonna be like, no, don't do this. You're gonna feel a tug on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. like, don't jump off this bridge. Don't don't take another step because that's your natural human instinct of you know natural survival. That's that's how humans have lived for so long is by not going off super tall objects because we've learned that we die that yeah. way. But it's about your mind knowing that oh I'm connected to this bungee cord. It's safe and the pu pushing going over your body. Your body's natural instinct to not do that. And then there's the why I do it. And I do it because at this point, after 600 bungee jumps, I don't get the adrenaline rush anymore. It just doesn't happen. I'd say probably after 
maybe 70 or 80 bungee jumps, the adrenaline starts going down a lot. Mm. And for me now, it's more about like the setup and just being out on the bridge um, and doing it day out and day out. And just like, just there's so many different bridges I jump and every bridge is a new challenge and a new setup. And that's what makes it great. Is it kind of like a sport or is it kind of like a, like not a job? Is it more like a sport is more like a hobby? Like, do you get something out of it? Is there a way to get like better at it? Is there a way where you can compete with it? Or is it just more like competing with yourself? How, how do you like go at like bungee jump? Well, so <laughs> back back in the day, I want to say like early 2000s. I honestly don't know the exact date. Um, but my mentor, there actually used to be bungee jumping in the X Games. I think it was only mm. in for one year. And the way it worked, they're out, I want to say in Idaho. Don't quote me on that because I, I really don't remember. Um, but there was bungee jumping in the X Games. And it was kind of like based off style and like the tricks you did and that kind of thing. So in that sense, it was a sport for like one year. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, it really is a tourist activity. It's a once-in-a-lifetime activity. You really don't find people who have 600-plus bungee jumps. I, it's super, super rare. You know, I'd say I'm one of the few people in the country to have, you know, more than 100 bungee jumps even. Um, just because it's just, it's you know, you go to Hawaii, you go to New Zealand, you go to Japan, you go to Canada, all these places. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, let me go bungee jump once or twice. It's really expensive. You know, luck, fortunately for me, I have really good friends that have all their own gear. I have some of my own gear. And that's how we're able to do it so much. Um, so in that sense, it's... And then, you know, it's, it's a sport in the sense that, you know, it's physically demanding. You know, a lot of times what we're doing, we're out in the middle of the night doing it. So in that sense, it's it's physically demanding. So I'd say it's kind of a sport. Yeah, that's that's a weird, you know, like, it's like a hyper sport. Like, I was talking to this dude, Philip Weebly. Um, he was, he's an ex um Red Devil, which is basically like the Golden Knights, which are like the paratrooping, you know, thing of the U.S. Army, um, and so he's he he did that in the, in the U.K. and now he's a professional skydiver and he competes. And the way they do it is like this these games called like swooping, which is like going really fast, and, yeah, you know, like running on the water. Yeah, I know. And the so I was wondering, sure. and I was wondering if there's something like that with bungee jumping, like tricks, style points, kind of like figure skating. You know, you get rated on how you jump because I've even seen you do uh, like different types of jumps and different types of moves. So I was wondering if there's things like that that people are able to do or if it is like a big thing but you're saying basically it's more of like a tourist thing and then there's a couple like niche people like you or your friends who get into it like really heavily and become like avid you know um bungee jumpers yeah totally so i'd say for 99 percent of the population it's a once in a lifetime opportunity just because it is kind of expensive, you know, it's not something you're going to be doing every day. Scary shit. And it, it is the scariest thing you ever do. It is it is terrifying. I mean, after six hundred bunches, I still get scared. My body still tells me, "Hey, don't do this. You're going to die." Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, yes. But then also in another sense, like yes, there are different tricks you can do. You can do different flips. You know, I have a little bit of a cliff jumping background, and that's all about flips and style mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that all stems a lot of that stems from skiing. You know, skiing. There's so many different trick variations you can do. So a lot of freestyle cliff jumpers get their inspiration from skiing. And as far as bungee jumping goes, there's probably two major ways you can like progress. There's either the tricks you can do, the flips, the spins, that kind of thing. And there's also your proximity to the ground. So there's things where, like, you know, our bridge is 300 feet. Like, um, for example, one of the companies I like to go and hang out with is called Vertigo Bungie. They're out in Kentucky. 
And so they jump over the Kentucky River. It's 240 feet over the Kentucky River. And if you want, they'll head dip you into the river. It's awesome. You, you attach by your ankles, nice big push out. You're going down, head dip into the river, and you're back out. Um, it's the coolest thing ever. And so you can do that anywhere you want, practically, right? You say, all right, like, watch this. I'm going to hand slap the ground. You know, maybe you're not over the river. You're like, yeah, I'm going to pick this rock up off the ground. So that's, like, probably the ultimate level of, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm with it. I am, I am current in bungee jumping. I am, like, super skillful. I can, like, go and get really close to the ground without hurting myself. So when you're doing this, do you have, like, so let's say I go, right, and I have never bungee jumped. When you're when is there a different approach you take when you're like kind of coaching or like working versus when you're just out there like shooting the shit with people who are like really avid like performers? Because like I feel like there is an aspect where like if you fuck up one thing, someone could die, you know, um, if you don't attach right. Um, so I guess my question more lies in the in the realm of like, is it like extremely dangerous? Do you have to be extra precautious, or is it more like? It's almost automatic at this point. Like if you'd have to severely fuck up to, to like really danger someone. And so it's almost like it's day in, day out. You're doing the exact same thing. Um, I would say when we're with someone who's never bungee jumped before versus when it's like me and my normal crew, it's a 100% different scenario. Okay. Right. When it's me and my normal crew, everyone kind of knows what's going on. Everyone is like, all right, I see him doing this over there. This guy's doing this. I'm going to be doing this. Everyone knows. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone has a job to do. Everyone knows what's going on. But when you're dealing with customers, when you're dealing with club members, it's completely different, right? You know, we, we set back. We, we don't put you so close to the ground. We're going to take a couple more safety precautions because there's a lot of things that even if, even if you were to come jump tomorrow and I would be like, all right, this is how I want you to jump. You need to do A, B, C, and D. Chances are you're not going to do those things. And it's not because you're. It's not because any fault of your own, but it's just a human nature. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to be sitting there, standing on the edge of the bridge, tripping out. You're going to forget all those things, and that's no problem. So we've taken that into account. So yeah, it's totally different when you got someone who's a brand new versus someone who has 10, 20, 30 jumps. So referring to the second question, is it more? Is it just like almost automatic, like at this point, or is it like still like you got to be really precautious with your like gear? So the danger with automatic is that that's how injuries happen, right? Is complacency. So mm. when you think automatic, I think complacency. So what that means is like, oh, I've jumped this bridge 150 times. I, I don't need to double check the anchor. I don't need to. I don't need to make sure the cords are still good. You know, things like that. That's that's how injuries happen. Is complacency. And so we place a big emphasis on staying current. And staying current means you know I have I've jumped at least once per month for the past two and a half years. That's how I help myself stay current, you know. I make sure, you know, I'm good at opening and closing carabiners real quick. I'm good at, you know, making sure, okay, this is how we're going to set up, set this up, put the anchor here, the back up here, rope here, all that kind mm -hmm. of things. Um, so, excuse me. Yeah. In a way, it, it becomes automatic in the sense that it becomes easier. But we never try to make it automatic like, oh, yeah, no problem. I got this like super easy. Nothing like that. Because that's how you get complacent and that's how injuries happen. Yeah. And when you say injuries, like there's still the aspect of like death. You know what I mean? Like how for what you know, how prevalent is it that someone dies every year bungee jumping? Um, so I definitely don't know the figure off the top of my head. It does happen. You know, I read articles all the time. Um, of people dying and a lot of the times it's that in these complacency almost um so it's i'd say less about complacency and more about so 
like I said, 98, 99% of bungee jumping is a tourist activity. It's one slice of activity. So you're in these far out second, third world countries that are like, hey, this is a tourist destination. We're going to put a bungee jump here. Um, the one I can think of off the top of my head, I don't remember where it was at, but it was at a bungee jump company and this lady died. She jumped off the bridge. She didn't have anything attached to her. Yeah, so they're counting down. They're counting down someone else who was attached, ready to go. Mm. Three, two, one, bungee. And then the lady who didn't have anything attached to her, didn't have a harness on or anything, just jumped. She she just like, you know, people, they get freaked out on the edge of the bridge. You know, they're, once you are once you get on the bridge, it's a whole different experience. And yeah, let me stop right there just, just to give me and the, and the viewers like a, a, a precondition to this. Why are you standing on the edge of the bridge if you don't have – why are you standing on the edge of the bridge if you don't have anything attached to you in the first place? Um, you know, that's, that's kind of a case by case basis. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. this place, I really, I wish I could remember where it was. I don't remember where it was. Um, so I don't know how they're set up. I know, for example, on our bridge, we have big railings everywhere mm. and we only have one customer up on the actual jumping platform at a time where yeah. it can easily get off the bridge. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, you know, however you choose to run your company. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of how that works. But yeah, finish what you're saying about this lady who's just jumping off. Like in that instance, the danger lies with the inefficiency of the company or with the lady just being, you know, like just like being like extravagant and like thinking that they were talking to her. Probably both. Yeah. You know, the company definitely should have had something in place where, you know, makes it hard for some to like, oh shit, like, like just freak out yeah. and go off the edge of the bridge. You know, maybe have like a railing on your bridge or, you know, some, some at least caution tape or something. I don't, I don't know how they got to set up over there, you know, and p- people do crazy things when they're in super tense situations and, sure. you know, they, yeah. you know, they just kind of act, they don't think. So that's happens. But in reality, like I, what I tell people all the time is bungee jumping is safer than driving a car, right? Because driving a car, the biggest thing that's driving a car is human error. That's what causes all accidents, right? It's chances are your brakes aren't going to fail. You know, like, you know, your steering's not going to fail. It's mm-hmm. human accidents. You know, you're not paying attention. You're on your phone. You know, you're drunk, whatever it is. But in bungee jumping, we try to eliminate that as much as possible by having everything double-checked. If I'm hooking you in, I get my partner, hey, check this out, double-check it. When I connect the anchors, I always get a double-check. We double-check everything, and that's how we help eliminate that human error. Cause, and then our cords, our equipment, we have strict standards on when we retire it. After so many jumps, we keep count of how many jumps go on each cord. So that way we know, okay, you know, it's been a 1,000 jumps. Let's retire these cords. Let's go buy some new ones. Yeah, that's... It seems as though, with especially with things like uh, skydiving and bungee jumping and, and extreme sports, or like, we were talking about them being a sports, but um, just extreme like activities, um, the material failing leads to more deaths than the human error. Like the human error is so minuscule because, like when when, when people throw that, you know, it's uh, it's safer than driving a car at you. It's more it's because of the fact that people are behind the wheel. But in this instance, when you pull on a string when you're parachuting. Like, yeah, you have a skydiver with you, but it's really the, the whole, the, the, the parachute's doing the work, right? It's not really you slowing down and everything. It's, it's when you pull it, it's the timing of it, but, it, but it's more about the parachute like landing you. And so I, I guess it, it seems like for, for bungee jumping and, and even for skydiving alike, most of the injuries or deaths come from inaccuracy or inefficiency of the materials themselves rather than the the human inefficiency. While I I understand there's probably some human inefficiency in it too. Yeah, you know, I'd say, I mean, maybe it's 50-50 on human error versus um, gear, like gear failure, mm-hmm. right? Because, 
you know, gear does fail. And at the end of the day, it does. That's why we have backups. We have at least two of everything because, you know, if one fails, you want to have a backup for another. And humans fail too. You know, maybe, you know, forget to double get a double check or you you, you think you double checked it, but you really didn't give it a good look because you were tired that day or whatever it is. Um, so it, I'd say it's probably like equal both human error and equipment failure um, in bungee jumping. And then things like, you know, skydiving, base jumping. I've, I've only been skydiving once, so I can't speak on that too much. Um, but from what I've seen, I think a lot of times it can be definitely a 50-50. What was scarier, your first bungee jump or, your, or the one skydive you had? Like, all right, honestly, give me the before you jump and while you're in free fall. And then at the end too. So it's interesting. So I did my first bungee jump probably two years, two two years before my first skydive. Um, my first bungee jump was definitely super scary. Um, I was definitely super scared, tripping balls on the edge of that platform. You know, the guy was like, "Yeah, you know, it's big push out, go do your thing." So I did. That was scary, big adrenaline rush. And then by the time I did my first skydive, I had over five hundred bungee jumps, mm. and it was interesting because when I went into it. I wasn't trying to be like, oh, this isn't scary. I got 500 bungee jumps, like big like that. I was like, I wanted to be scared. I wanted to allow myself to be, I wanted to feel that that fear inside that you get mm -hmm. when you do something for the first time. So I totally allowed myself to be be afraid. I thought about all the things that could, that could go wrong. I thought about, you know, like what happens if the shoot fails, the plan fails, all these things. And so it was pretty scary. Um, but I think my first bungee jump was scarier. And the reason I think that, and it's actually common for a lot of people, is because when you're bungee jumping, you know, you're 300, 200 feet off the ground. You can make out every single detail underneath you. You can see all the rocks, the bushes, the river below you. When you're skydiving, you're 10,000, 14,000 feet in the air. You're looking down at the ground. It's like you're looking at some carpet. All you see is just some little squares. You can't see any textures, any details, anything like that. So all those things make your body less afraid. You can't process the height. So that's why bungee jumping tends to be scarier for people. Yeah. And so for, you know, when I was talking to Phil Weebly, it like he was talking about like the competitive and like I was talking about how you manage the anxiety with it. You know, how do you perform at your peak with something that you know if you fuck up, you die, you know? And so with you, when you're doing the jumps in the canoe or a kayak, you know, when you do those crazy jumps, how are you managing like the the death anxiety, the the freak out anxiety while still trying to perform these cool ass acts, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I think all the risks we take, they're calculated, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we think about them, we do the math if we need to, you know, like, oh, I weigh this much. So I, I did I did that kayak jump as you saw. Um, I had a kayak strapped around me, my whitewater kayak, and I was pushed off the edge of the bridge with a bungee jump attached, a bungee cord attached to me. And that was super cool. I got the inspiration from Miles Dasher. He did a, a skydive um, with a kayak on him, so that was super cool. Um, we used the extra thick bungee cord to support the extra weight of the kayak, that kind of thing. So it was all planned. It's all calculated. And I was I was scared um, when I did that kayak jump. I was that was probably the most scared I'd been bungee jumping since my first bungee jump. I remember telling like the crew like yo like kind of kind of nervous right now. And you know I I didn't think I was gonna gonna like I knew I wasn't gonna die, but I was like oh I got all this weight on me. What if it hurts? Like what if something crazy I can't expect happens? Um, but like I said, you know we try and calculate those risks. We take into consideration at the end of the day, like this is what I love doing. So like I'm I'm okay with the risk that I take. Yeah, it's it is crazy because 
like just that just the aspect of doing something that you love I, I i can't even like fathom it because like the things that i do whether it be competitive sport or podcasting they don't have any like a- exponential risk to them you know what i mean like they do financially i guess but like not really like my life's not really dependent on what i say you know or 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 how well that I punt a football, you know? And so, like, with something like, you know, even, like, white water rafting or bungee jumping or doing any of the outdoorsman shit that you do, it's, like, there's very calculated risks to everything, you know? And so I think, you know, you, earlier you said something around the lines of, like, you're not really, you don't really get the adrenaline anymore for bungee jumping. But I feel like at some level you have to get some type of, a, like, an adrenaline rush, like, because that fear is the adrenaline, you know what I mean? And so, like, when it becomes so, like, second nature, all these things that are so dangerous become so second nature to you, do you think that when you get into a different dangerous situation, let's say, like, all right, you've been bungee jumping all these times, and then you go to do these, like, whitewater rafting or, or kayaking or, or something like that, does it make it easier because you feel like you've been in these fear situations so many times and that doing something dangerous and, and new, like, becomes easier than it would be if you weren't doing bungee jumping or something like that? Well, I would say that, one, all those situations are completely different, right? When you're whitewater kayaking, bungee jumping, cliff jumping, you know, obviously they're different sports, so they bring different feelings, different amounts of fear, yeah. different types of fear, that kind of thing. But in a sense, it definitely does help, you know? You know, you think back to that time where you're super tired on a bridge and just pushing through it, working through it, and you learn from that, you grow from that. So I think it all does compound to help you be a better athlete overall, for sure. So how do you manage, because you're also a CS, are you, did you pick up the physics minor? So I currently have a physics minor. Yeah. Um, and then the way our school doing it is doing it, because of COVID, we get a free extra semester, yeah. as you know. So I have a physics minor, a CS degree, along with a couple other minors. And then next year, I'm going to pay for one semester of school, and then I get the free semester, and that's how I'm going to finish a physics major. So then I'll have a CS major, a physics major, a math minor, and an outdoor leadership minor. So doing all of that, how do you manage your time? Because me doing – like just doing philosophy minor and politics and government major along with studying for the LSAT and taking the LSAT, I thought I was going to die because it was all day long. And, and you're doing all these crazy things for ma- – a major and and three minors. What you said, or four minors? Two majors and two majors. Two minors. Two majors and two minors, which is even crazier. If you guys don't go to school, that's crazy. How do you manage your time with doing something like bungee jumping? Because it's like I can't imagine doing all these crazy things and then having sanity to my day and even hopping on a podcast. You know how do you how do you manage your time? What are some tips for people who want to manage their time? And how do you, is bungee jumping how you stay sane? Um, well, I'd say bungee jumping is definitely how I stay sane. Bungee jumping is the best part of my month. And it's funny, after, you know, we sometimes sometimes we go bungee jumping, it's just for a day. Sometimes we go bungee jumping for a couple of days in a row. And when I come back from going bungee jumping a couple of days in a row, the next, next week just sucks. You know, I'm on for three, two or three days, I'm on just bungee jumping high. Life is great. I'm jumping off yeah. these bridges. I'm just grinding, doing these things. And I come back and I'm back into the school normal thing and life just kind of sucks you know you're on the you're on the post trip low and it is what it is so that's definitely how i stay sane but as far as you know school and that kind of thing 
Uh, I think I'm kind of lucky in the sense that I kind of thrive almost off stress. I thrive mm. having a super schedule. You know, I have, I use Google Calendar. Uh, my freshman year, one of my TAs introduces to Google Calendar, and I used it ever since. I plan out, I plan out every, all my classes. I plan out every single part of my day pretty much when I'm going to do homework, that kind of thing. And the way I look at it is every part of my day should be productive. Mm. From the time I get out of bed to the time I'm sleeping, it should be as much as I can handle productive. Um, and so, you know, I get out of class, I go, I sit down and do homework for an hour. I eat lunch, I go to my next class. And that's that's really just how I try and do it, you know, just be as productive as I can for as long as I can. And if I need to, you know, pull a couple of all- all-nighters. Before college, I never pulled an all-nighter before. I was always going to bed like relatively 11, 30, 12, whatever. But, you know, I've passed two nights, I was up till 5 a.m. just doing homework because I'm going bungee jumping tomorrow, so I gotta gotta get my crap done. Mm-hmm. So I can get it done and do the things I like to do, you know. My parents growing up were always like, you know, we don't mind. You want to go have fun, you know, jump off cliffs, do whatever you want to do. As long as you get, get good grades, done, get, yeah. get your shit done, and you can have fun. That's all that matters. Yeah. So what I do is I get my shit done, and then I can go have fun. And see, that's, like, important for everybody because I think that every – like, you know, no matter who you are, it's hard to understand. It's like – it's hard to make yourself do the things you don't want to do all the time, you know? And, so hard. And I don't want to sound like a fake woke podcaster here, but, like, I feel like it's it's important for people who don't have a lot of motivation to hear from people like you who are doing all these cool shit. And, and because everybody has shit they want to do. It's just whether or not you fear doing it, people are going to make fun of you doing it, um, or you don't. You feel like you don't have time. And it's like, I, I think, you know, hearing from people like you and, and all these other people I'm talking to, it's it, it makes people realize that they can do these things if they really try. And, and, and one thing that you, I resonate with is when you, your parents, you know, that's a big influence, you know, saying, get your shit done before you do anything. And that's a perfect thing to say. You know, I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are or what you like to do. It's like, as long as you get your shit done, like the shit you need to do. And one thing my dad always taught me was like, there's always shit you're going to need to have to do. Like you don't want to do it, but there's always shit you're going to have to do regardless of where you're at. And so do that shit, you know, just do it. Like you're going to feel worse if you don't do it. There's nothing worse than procrastinating, laying in bed, doing nothing and, and not doing something and feeling like shit. And I, I'm, I'm much like you. I mean, not as much because I can't do as much shit as you do. I do a lot of shit, but not as much as you. And I, I thrive off productivity. I feel better. I'm, I'm brighter, you know. But I also have to find some time for some fun, and you know, like pod, like for bungee jumping for you is is the exact same thing. Podcasting for me, or doing something that's just like letting off some steam, doing something I, a hobby that I love. But it's like. You feel like shit when you don't do something, and you feel great when you do something. You know, it's it's just do things that you don't want to do, and you'll feel better. And so I think with a message like how you're doing two majors and two minors, and you're still finding time, it's important for people, especially my listeners, because I'm sure they're fucking they need they need some they need some guidance like all of us. And so uh, it's important that you people like you explain like I get to do all this cool shit. I'm not necessarily like posting it all on TikTok or anything, but I'm doing all this cool shit. So if you want to do it, you can, you know, Yeah, you totally can do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my days. I have my weeks where I feel like a lazy piece of shit and I don't want to do anything. And, you know, it happens and you got to sit there. You got to acknowledge it and be like, damn, I'm a scumbag. I haven't done anything this week. Like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to enjoy this last 
eight hours of being a complete scumbag. Maybe mm-hmm. you get super fucked up. Maybe you do whatever you want to do. And you wake up the next day and like, all right, it's time to get back to work. And I, I find also like some days in school, if I don't have a bunch of homework that week or if I don't have a lot of things to do, I might have one or two things to do. I'll procrastinate those things to the last minute. If I'm not like forced to be super productive with my time, I'll just sit there. Man, I love YouTube. I spend hours on YouTube. It is, it's unreal how many hours I spend on YouTube. It's, it's crazy. It is. And if I don't have, if I don't need to be productive with my time for hours, especially in the summer, this happens in the summer. I have a job in the summer, but you know, job doesn't take up all your day. It takes Mm-mm. up eight hours of your day, maybe. And I go home, take a shower. I sit on YouTube for hours, man. I mean, I don't got nothing else to do, so why not? And so I find it hard to like motivate myself past that sometimes. Mm. And that's where like, you know, if you just kind of not overload your schedule, but just make sure you got things you want to work on, things you want to do. Pencil it in, put in your put in your calendar, and then it helps you get them done. Dude, so my my girlfriend has a whole planner on her wall, right? So it's a whole planner, and it has all her shit. She's just like you. You use like obviously the the online one, but she has been telling me and telling me just get a planner because it just changes your life. So, like. What do you think that having a calendar like and shit planned out has done for you? Because even for me, like I feel like I'm like, I don't need that shit, you know? Oh, dude, it is like in a sense that it has changed my life, right? Like you ask me what I'm doing next month, six months from now. Let me pull my calendar. Oh, I got this on this date. Like, oh, like, you know, like let's make a boys trip to Mexico or something. Yeah. Okay, what date you want? Oh, I got work this date. You know, mm. school starts this date. I got something this date. You, pl- I, I, I plan out as far ahead as I can. Especially, I mean, for work, for school, I have my tests, my tests in school when assignments are due, my weekend plans. Like, hey, I'm going bungee jumping this weekend. I got to work on homework this weekend. I got a rugby game this weekend. All these things. I plan out everything, and I, I really don't know how I did anything before I started using Google Calendar. Mm. I mean, I guess in high school, I just wasn't as busy. Like, that's the only thing I think of. Because once I got to college and I started planning it out, like, I mean, I use it, I literally probably use it almost every day. Just planning it out. I have used, like, my phone and I have used, like, this, like, syllabuses, but I've never got onto a calendar. So I'm going to have to look into that because it's like, I personally am, like, I do my shit when I have to do it. But, like, I. But how do you know when you have to do it? How do you how do you keep track of all the things you have to do? I usually look on my syllabuses like for the week. So you like look. So you, that means you have to go on to Moodle. Yeah. You have to click on this. You have to click on this syllabus. Yeah, it is. Right. So for syllabus week, that's all I do is I go through the syllabus, test this day, test this day, assignment this day, assignment this day. Office hours are here, here, and here. I do that for every class. Then it's done. And then you know I I put every single class I have in my in my schedule. Hmm. And then that way I know. And that way I'm like, oh hey, like oh you want to go get lunch? Let me see what I got. Oh, you know, maybe maybe I want to skip today. Like, what classes do I got today? What what assignments do you do today? What homeworks do you do today? You know, and it just it just helps you helps you organize your life, helps you plan. You know, because because chances are, like, yeah, you can skip a day of school sometimes. I mean, I do it every now and then to go bungee jumping, go you know, take a personal day, whatever it is. And so that just helps you like navigate that and keep it all organized. Definitely, and so you know, with these bungee jumping trips, like. Do you find that by keeping yourself so like productive and and schedule 
like schedule wise, that's not a word, but that sounds good right now. But, um, <laughs> but, but keeping those, you know, yourself so productive and, and, and so tight on the schedule, have you found that um, you're it, it, taking off days, taking personal days has become easier because you're like, oh, I know when I have to do things. I can be productive, really productive the day before. And so it gives me time to take some shit off. In a way, yes. And in a way, no. In a way, yes, because for example, you know, I'm going, I'm going to jump tomorrow. So the past two days, I've been grinding, I've been doing my thing. But in a way, no, because sometimes when I take those personal days and I come back to school, I don't want to do anything after those personal days. I'm like, man, that was so awesome. I just want to do that forever, forever and ever. And I have no motivation to get back to school. And it takes me a day or two sometimes to get back into the flow of things. And I have to sit there. And think to myself, you know, wow, I'm being, I'm being a POS. Like, I need to get my shit together. I need to get back to it. So it helps, helps clear my mind, blow off some steam, whatever. But also, it almost sets me back because it's like, wow, this is like kind of what life should be. You know, just great fun all the time. But at the end of the day, you know, everyone knows life isn't just fun and games all the time. You know, there's still work you have to do. You still got to do all the boring, monotonous stuff because that's just what it is. So... On a digression, I want to hear your opinion on this. Did you watch the Oscars or did you see what happened at the Oscars? Actually, I did watch the Oscars. I'm not normally a person who watches such activities, but I was happened to be at home for spring break and we're eating dinner with my family and my grandparents and it was on the TV while we're watching and we saw it live. We rewinded it, watched it like three times. We're like, what is going on? So <laughs> what did you think it. about that? Um, I th- honestly, I thought it was kind of silly. You know, I mean, dude, Chris Rock, dude's awesome super funny he's a comedian one at such activities at oscars all those things people are cracking jokes left and right right i mean that's what it is i mean i watch roast on tv all the time granted it's not a roast um as, you know chris rock's hilarious and honestly the joke wasn't even that bad gi jane no, it's you not know uh, granted i've never seen the movie i you know i've done a little research i've seen the premise you know i'm this badass woman doing her thing in the army whatever it is I guess it's not a bad joke. It's a funny joke. It's not even offensive. For him to go up there and, you know, physically assault him, I think is super out of line. I think that's not cool to do. It's a joke. It's a joke at the end yeah, of the day, right? Like, the dude on. I had on my podcast yesterday who's a rapper, he was like, he was like, I understand loyalty, but, like, she hasn't been loyal to you, dude. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you can see. So after it happens, Chris Chris Rocky goes, seriously, dude? Yeah. And then he pauses. Yeah. And you can just see the thousands of jokes thousands, circulating thousands through his head, right? And so, you know, just, just the professionalism that Chris Rock has to not just go in on him. You know, I, I watched, um, I don't know, you know who John Boy Media is? No. So it's this dude, he's on YouTube. And he breaks he he breaks down sports plays. He's pretty funny. He broke it down, you know, like he like did a whole voiceover, kind of like play by play, frame by frame. And in uh, the comments, it was like, yeah, man, you just know Chris Rock is saying, thinking in his head, like, yeah, like, keep keep my keep your wife's name out of my mouth, even though hella men have been in her mouth or something like <laughs> yeah, that. You know, yeah, something yeah, along yeah. those lines. Like, come on, dude. And it's funny because if you watch the video, you can see um, Will Smith laughs at the joke, and and his wife is like pissed. It cuts to him, he's laughing, and then it cuts back to Chris Rock, and then he slaps him. So you know she said something to him, like, hey, man. Yeah. And then, you know, he's like, all right, like, I guess I got to take care of this. And then, you know, the whole thing happened. And I mean, it's kind of ridiculous at the end of the day, obviously. Everyone's blowing it out of proportion. But I don't, I don't think he should have done it. Not at all. Not well, at all. I just think, like, at a, like, such a big event and such a prominent, like, event, like, it's like... How, like what the fuck dude <laughs> you know, like how dumb do you have to be like like 
you know, it's it, it reminds me, it just rem, like reminds me that like people in Hollywood and show business, they just live an entirely different life. Than oh everyone. my goodness! They think totally. they're. I was talking to the the dude I had in my podcast yesterday. Uh, uh, his, his name is Kendall Blakely, but he's his rap name is One Way King. So, but he we were talking about how like how I, I basically I said I was like it, you know you know modern day social media and modern day show business it's it just like amplifies narcissism that's what it does you know and and it's sad because it's like shit like this like will smith's on tv getting told that his wife is entangled with like another dude it's like bro like this shit and then now he's slapping a fucking comedian it's like this shit has no relevance to russia ukraine or to the food shortages or the fuck the fact that in fucking oregon and nevada and places that gas has never been this high it's fucking almost six dollars like it has no prevalence to any of this shit yet it's what's on every news outlet and so what it reminds me of is, is like these people want their names to be fucking just like stirred up, regardless of if it's good or bad. And in a, in modern day, everybody's kind of a little narcissistic. Like anybody who's trying, they're like, you know. And even me, I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't want to post all this shit because like I feel narcissistic. You know, I'm like, dude, like me doing clips and shit. It's like. I wish there was somebody else to do it for me because I first off I hate seeing myself on camera and I hate hearing my own voice on camera. But it's like for me, like I've always said, it's like I'm having all these dope people on. I'm having all these dope conversations. It's it's almost a crime for me not to post shit to make people listen to it. But it's like I'd be scrolling. I'm like, God, this is so cringy. Myself, everybody. It's like. Why are we so obsessed with ourselves, you know? And, and that's what the Will Smith and Jada and Chris Rock now um, situation is just showing me. It's like, why are we so obsessed with ourselves? Like, we are not at a good place right now. It's like we could be doing so much better, but yet we're worrying about the fucking Kanye West, Kim Kardashian situation or Will Smith situation or some bitch's ass on TikTok. So what is going on, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we are a 21st century, you know, we got the internet, we got iPhones, we're constantly connected. Yeah. Um, and at the grand scheme of things, you know, you bring up, yeah, you know, there's the, the Ukraine crisis, there's all these crises going on, and then there's all the BS that we still give our attention to. But at the end of the day, like, does any of it really matter? I mean, right, it's, it's all whatever is fed through your algorithm at the end of the day. Whatever is fed through your algorithm is what you see, is what mm. you're going to give your attention to. And and the big companies, they don't want you to think of it like that. They want you to think whatever you're seeing is the most important, most prevalent thing yeah. in the entire world. But at the end of the day, you're being targeted. You're being algorithmized. It's not a word, but we'll make it up words. Yeah. Say. It's algorithmized. And uh, that's just kind of what it is, you know? And, and that's just something you have to accept, mm-hmm. you know? At this day and age, you have to accept it. And at the end of the day, who knows? Maybe Will Smith and Chris Rock planned it. There's been plenty of times of people fake beefing, fake dissing, doing these things just to get their name in the paper, you know? Chris yeah. Rock, after that slap happened, ticket sales boosted through the roof, through yeah. the roof. People were paying thousands of dollars to go see his show, the, ne- the show he did the next day, literally thousands of dollars. And so, you know, maybe they planned it. I mean, I don't think they did. doesn't matter what I think. doesn't matter if they did or not. No. No, yeah. got their name out on the paper. That's all I see on Snapchat. That's all I see on social media. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And like, it's like we're like we're living in a time where like all you ever see is what is just happening, and it, and it's nothing that actually fucking matters. Like I saw something the other day. It was like after the Will and Will and Jada and fucking Chris Rock aftermath. It's like 
Does is Jaden Smith really dating Tyler Tyler the Creator after the Will Smith slap? It's like what is first off? What does, <laughs> does that, that even matter? Do? Like, come on, like, well, that definitely on? doesn't matter. But what does it have to do with the Will Smith slap? They just threw it in there so people would click on it. Second yep. off, what? Like you know, it's like, and it's like a in. Oh God! Snapchat spotlights piss me the fuck oh, off. Dude, Snapchat is a shit show. You, you you go through those stories, dude. They got the most ridiculous things and you've ever so thought before. And there's so many ads. Most of it's ads. Bro. Yeah, you gotta, like, some of them. The ones you have to sit through are the worst. So they yeah. make you wait before you can skip it. Those are the worst. That's the worst on fucking YouTube. YouTube started doing fucking the two. Like they used to do like one six minute ad and then a skip. And now it's never a skip. Oh, dude, bro. There's never a skip, I know, dude. bro. I know. It's so goddamn awful. And they do it in the middle. Of the goddamn show you're watching, like I be watching. Because you this, sit through it, that's why you sit through it. Yeah, because I be watching this historian dude, uh, some dude I just invited on the podcast, and we, um, I be sitting, I be watching these episodes because they're so fucking engaging. But it's like, ad, ten minutes, ad, three ads. And it's like, bro, I get it, commercialization. I I do get it. It's, it. This is how this guy's getting paid. But why can't you just pay this guy? Instead of fucking making it ads, you know, like mm-hmm. why? Do, like, I don't get it. Like, something I learned in philosophy of law is like it's, it, you know, it's weird that like I can't pay Kyrie Irving to play basketball. I have to pay a middleman to pay him to play basketball. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if you really think about paying how how you like how sports or how media works. You pay, it's like there's a middleman who makes most of the money who distributes what you should give the person you're pay- like watching the money. Like, yeah. let's say I come to watch you bungee jump. Instead of giving you the money to bungee jump, I'm giving somebody like a promoter or some something, some multi millionaire the yeah. money. So he'll give you a little bit more than like he'll give you like less than half of what I gave him. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Like, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. And he, and the example he gave was Wilt Chamberlain. He was talking about Wilt Chamberlain and how like it's the Wilt Chamberlain philosophy dilemma. And it's like how like you can't just pay Wilt Chamberlain t- to score a hundred points. Like you have to pay a whole different organization to pay Wilt Chamberlain to um, score a hundred points. And I, that shit just makes no sense to me. It makes no sense why there's billionaires profiting off of the interaction of two or four people and it makes no sense yeah you know i think it comes down like don't get me wrong uh, uh, if you think about it logically it doesn't make sense but it comes down to like a kind of attention span there's only so many hours in a day right like yeah you want to go watch this guy play basketball but he he can't manage the advertising he can't manage all the things that go into it um, I mean, the way I kind of think about it is like like drug dealers, right? Mm-hmm. You got the people who like grow the drugs, produce them, and then you know they 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 wholesale. It's all about wholesale. You wholesale to someone who can then put it out at the little because that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of work to go to all the little individuals. Um, so that's kind of where that middleman comes from. I, mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but that's just kind of the way you know we as humans work, I guess. Yeah. Do you think that? You know, it'll get better, like, relatively speaking. Like, do you think that there will be a time where you can either pay exactly what you want to pay for? Or do you think, like, like, this is a complex conversation to have. Do you think that capitalism will keep growing in in an instance where it's, like, the the top keeps growing or or stays um, and at the bottom, like, you still have to, like, 
it, it, the, the distribution will continue to grow so where you, you keep having to pay more and more? Or do you think there would be a time where I can pay you if I want to see a bunch of jump? So I'll uh, start off with I'm the 100% wrong person to ask about this. I, I'm probably more right to ask this than I study. I, I, don't, I don't concern myself. I concern myself with like some physics, maybe a little bit of CS and like bungee jump. That's, that's what I concern myself with. But, but I, I, what I would say is I think that, yes, I think the, the ultra 0.001% are going to keep getting richer. Mm-hmm. But I also think uh, I'm a big believer in cur- cryptocurrency. Okay, I, I like cryptocurrency. I, I think it's the next wave. I think it's the future because I think decentralization. I mean, you look at Ukraine, you look at I li- actually listened to your podcast um, about the Canadian bear, uh, blockades. Mm-hmm. And like, so they, they're all relying on cryptocurrency. Um, you know, all those, you know, the, I, was it Ecuador that legalized mm-hmm. Bitcoin as their like main currency? And because it's non centralized. So I think that. That crypt- cryptocurrency is how you will pay me directly, mm. right? Because no one's going to be able to stop that. Mm-hmm. There's no middleman, basically. There's no, mi- there's no middleman. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there's the middleman, you know, if you use Coinbase, use whatever app you use. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, it, the whole point of it is that there's no middleman. So yeah. in that sense, yes, it's going to take a while for it to get adopted. Um, you know, so, you know, I make my investments and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to look at them for the next 20, 50, 35 years, whatever it is. And that's just what it's going to be. So I think, I think... In the long run, the middleman will be eventually erased. I think that we're living in a time where I like I think about what I want out of a perfect system all the time. This is what I study, you know. I think about it all the time. And I think like what is the perfect system? And I I mean, I will never come up with that answer because I'm not smart enough. But <laughs> no one like, will ever come up with it. <laughs> but but like where like but like where does it like Sorry. Where are we going? And I think it's somewhere, dude. I it's it's increasingly more difficult because it's like China is becoming more and more powerful by the day, and their system is so flawed because it's like, yeah, ours is flawed. We have a lot of fucked up shit, but we have at least there's like something like about individual rights that's at the helm of liberalism. You know, like in like for people who are not understanding what I'm saying, like at at the bottom of American, like the, at the American political system or constitution, there is a there is an instance of this idea of liberalism, which is basically individualism, which is basically everybody is equal, no matter what you say. This is an enlightenment idea, but it's like you, everybody is equal. And now, communist or former Marxist or former socialist states like. China don't have that in their backing, and and so they 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 form out their ground based on, peop, some people are born better than others, and which may be true, but the fact of the matter is they can throw the Uyghurs in concentration camps, and they can do all these things that makes them stronger, but it it, it just it, it develops a system where you can you can kill off like a large majority of people whenever you want, um. And as they become stronger and stronger and as Hollywood and as the NBA keep catering to them, it makes the United States look weak as fuck. And what the, the problem with that is, is that if China takes a hold of the world market, people will start becoming Chinese communist 
empathizers and will start becoming Chinese communists. Like, um, they're, they're, their smaller countries will start becoming empathizing the social credit system, which is wild in itself, where people are ranked higher. And, and then ultimately, the United States could flip to where if you're born in some type of family or in some type of the world, you're lower than other people. And I think nobody wants that to happen. And so I think... What the fighting is doing right now is is proving that to be true. And so if we want a system where we're all equal and all free and all able to be individualistic, where you can bungee jump and I can podcast, you got to find a common ground. And I think at a time where we're so divided between Trump or Democrat or, you know, whatever the fuck, it's, it's, it's increasingly difficult to find that common ground, you know? Yeah, you know, we live in a society, and at the end of the day, you know, all of our contributions all contribute to this society. We all need to somehow mesh to make our society work, and, you know, it kind of comes down to, like, specialization, right? You're going to specialize in your podcasts. I'm going to specialize in bungee jumps. Someone's going to specialize in grown food, tech, yeah. whatever it is. And so, yeah, we need to find a common ground so we can all coexist mutually. Um, I I need to use the restroom. I do too. <laughs> okay, perfect. And now you can go. Right. Shout out! Give your shout out. Right, but shout also, out. only shout them out if they're going to sponsor my podcast because that is. Hey, shout out to Hop Valley! Please sponsor this podcast. Yeah. I've been drinking your beer since freshman year. Yeah. This is this is the hazy box. This is the first time I've ever seen it. First time I bought it. I normally just get the IPA box, super fire. Actually, local. I think they're made out of Hillsborough, something like that. They're awesome. I love them. Also, I'm drinking the hard sel- soda seltzers. I'm not sponsors. So, fuck you guys. Don't buy these unless they want to sponsor them. <laughs> these are ass unless they want to sponsor This and is quality. This is quality. This is better ingredients, better tasting, and better more pizza drunk. Papa John's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good that you're fucking. Um, that's funny that we were like. I gotta pee at the same time. I was thinking it for a while, and I was like, "All right, we got a little break here." I was thinking, "How am I gonna stop?" We're getting like on something I don't know too much about. Like it's time to like, Um, (laughs) dude. That's this is the reason of my podcast is to get into people get get to people in a way where we're we're not we're talking about shit that we don't necessarily um, talk about all the time. You know, that's 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 kind of like point of. what I try to do here, you know what I mean? And so I'm glad that I'm getting you into a situation where you're not talking about things Dude, you understand. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, man. I mean, so f- like one of my minors oh, is this outdoor leadership minor. And, you know, so what it is is like I work at this place called Outdoor Pursuits at our school. We take people on rafting, hiking, backpacking trips, yeah. all these things. So part of the minor is like developing yourself as an so outdoor I leader. Into the goddamn mic. <laughs> it's developing yourself as an outdoor leader. And so. Our, our, our professor, he's like, yeah, you know, like, think about the things, like, think about your personality traits, think about how you work well with others, and, like, he, he tries to get really philosophical with it. Philosophical? Philosophical yeah. with it. Yeah. And, man, dude, I tell you what, I, I hate the humanities. I, I'm a super logical person. I love math. I like, I like things that are, like, I know this is correct because I can prove it. It's super concrete. Whereas, you know, writing, and, you know, we took that philosophy class together, man. And, like, there's no right answer. And that, yeah. that bugs the hell out of me. Like, yeah. I need a right answer because if there's no right I answer, in those environments. dude, I, I can't because it's like, oh, like, you need to explain yourself. And I'm like, no, like, this is the way it is because that's the way it is. Not Did you get because- an A in that class, though? 
I did actually. Did yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. like it's a philosophy class. Yeah. Like, like the thing is too about those classes, like you can like bullshit your way through those classes and like still get an A or an yeah. a B, and it won't matter. As long as you're thinking a critically. As long as you like apply yourself, yeah. you know. But like in in a math class or a physics class, no. you actually have to understand the material. You have For to sure. know what you're doing, and you have to prove it. And like yeah. that's why that's how you get the good grade. Yeah. And like that that's what I like. Yeah. And like like we did this assignment recently, and I was like, I I told my professor, I was like, man, dude, I hate assignments like this. I hate having to talk about my feelings, talk about what I think, talk, <laughs> talk about like 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 what's right and what's wrong. Like, bro, I'm trying to talk about straight hard facts, mm. and so like that's just kind of how I operate. That you know, yeah. So. Well, like I, but it's I, good to explore yourself. It is. It is definitely good to explore yourself, but it's also good to know that. Like, there's fields out there that are so different than what you do. Oh, dude, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it is vital to have a whole... When you need to ask, you can just ask in that. Okay. I'll put him... Oh. I'll drink this and I'll ask in here. Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, My girlfriend... On a quick little digression before I go on this. My girlfriend comes up and she's a heavy smoker. Um, Really? Not... Not cigarettes, obviously. Um, but she you smoke cigs. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Grant, this is a blunt, but like it's not a cig, so it's a little different. Um, she, uh, but she, uh, she always ashes in there, and I just forget to air it out because it kind of reminds <laughs> me of her. Um, yeah. Uh, I forget what we were talking about, but I will talk about her for a little bit. Um, you know, what do you think, like? What did you? What do you think you're doing next year? Okay, it's not about her, obviously, but yeah. I mean, like, if we can talk about women, like we can talk about women, but like, so we can next, talk about women if we want. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get to the women for sure. So next year, like I said, I'm, I'm finishing my degree. So I'm getting. So I have a currently I have a math minor, outdoor leadership minor, um, physics minor, and CS computer science major. Mm-hmm. Um, so next year I got twelve credits in the fall. Four credits in the winter and six credits in the spring, and then and then I'll get my. Physics. You're taking a full year. Yeah. Okay. And then I'll get my physics major. After that, you know, so this summer I'm working bungee. I'll work bungee again next like, summer after that, and then I'll probably go home. Um, I have this really dope ass job at home. Um, I clean pools for the ultra rich in the Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. All the tech guys, Apple, Google, Facebook, all of them, they all live down there, and I go and clean their pools. I just walk into the backyard with my little stick. Do a couple stick sweeps and I'm out. It's awesome. I get paid real well. My boss is super cool. I'm mean, not really like it. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of my plan. Um, I mean, yeah. So yeah, I um. So next Wait, year, so I'm you're gonna, going to you're going to law school, right? Yeah, I haven't decided where yet. Yeah, you don't know where. I got um. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> The first LSAT I took, I'm like basically exactly. I'm like a. How did, I gotta, you, did you get your score back? Yeah, I'll tell you what that's. I'm not gonna say it online because it's good, but it's not great. And I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, we don't want to boast. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't. Not even. It's not a boast, but it's like it's like I don't want to like. I can do better. Um, I uh, I got a good but not great score, and I also got a. Uh, um. I have a GPA that's good, not great. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a three, six, seven, six. That's good. I only, I only got a three, five. So, so it's like I'm sitting in a position where it's like I, I'm like exactly like median for all the good law schools. You know, like it's the median. Right, fun that's how I was when I went to college. I got like super median score on my uh, SAT and uh, what's the other one? Uh, ACT. 
Well, fantasy. I didn't get a median score of all LSAT takers. I got a median score of the good LSAT takers. You know oh, I mean? of the up, the up, upper yeah, level. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. I mean, that's good. Yeah. yeah, but it's also like I wanted to be higher, you know. And so I'm like, does that like I, I don't know anything about like like grad school stuff that really like matters? Huh? Like, what you got in your LSAT? I don't know. You know I don't know. Zoraida, who's a girl who is. Uh, she got a one sixty seven, which is ridiculous. What's it? So is that a two hundred? It's at a one eighty. One eighty? Oh yeah, shit! Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I got a good score. Well, let's let's not be frank here. I got a good score. Um. But uh, yeah, I didn't get a one sixty seven or anything. Um. But she uh, told me that like it matters, but it doesn't matter as much as we like we want to say it does. You know. Yeah. And so, um, I uh. I'm still thinking about where I'm going to go, and the schools I'm looking at right now are all in big, big-ass cities, bro. And I'm like, fuck, do I really want to pay about, like, to go there, you know? Well, I mean, you're paying already for this school. You know, this school's not cheap. I know I know well, that. Well, I basically got it for, like, really? not for free. I mean, I'm I'm coming out with some debt, but, like, I got a really good scholarship because I had really good grades. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I got a pretty good, decent scholarship, but I'm like, I know it's like, I, I want to go to grad school, and, well, one, because I want to learn physics, but two, yeah. I want to get the big college experience. I want to get... So I went over spring break just last week. I went and visited all my homies down in SoCal. All my homies from high school go to school in SoCal, UCSB, UC San Diego, Long Beach. Uh -huh. And I went and visited their campuses. And it's crazy. Their campus is bigger than Forest Grove. Their campus, just the campus is bigger yeah. than Forest Grove. And like, I want access to all the research they have, yeah. all the facilities, all that stuff. That, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's like kind of my main motivation, honestly, to go to grad school besides the extra learning because I, I do like, I really. No, like I'm excited that. to go to grad school at um, one of those big schools. Later. Later, yeah. Uh, save it though. Um, I might hit it on this podcast. We'll see. Um, <laughs> But um, I mean, if I'm drinking, it's legal. Uh, yeah, keep it, keep it going. We're 21. <coughs> I always think. I will say. I always think. Like, am I gonna have to delete all of these podcasts one day? But like, as long as I'm not fucking Dude. snort a corkane, corkane. That's the thing with social media too. This is something my dad actually kind of preached to me growing up. You know, yeah. careful what you post on social media. That that shall come back and bite you. You know, during the whole like. Black Matters, uh, Black Lives Matter protest. <laughs> Black Matters lives. Black Lives Matter protest back in the summer. You know, yeah. people are getting exposed for what they put on social media. Yeah. Grant, they shouldn't be putting those things at all. Yeah. But you never know. One day, you know, you know, whatever happens, you, know, you got to be careful no matter what it is at all times. But you know, we're all legal here. It's all good. We're yeah, not, we're I always, not doing anything crazy. The weird thing about weed, weed is weird because like. We have no problem with drinking alcohol and talking oh, about it. Oh, dude, tell me about it, dude. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a heavy, I'm a, I, I smoke weed way more than I drink. And, you know, my parents, my my family friends, they're all like, oh, you know, if, you know, if you're drinking, like, you know, it's totally cool. And you start smoking and they, they get kind of weird, right? They're like, oh, like you're smoking, like you're a pothead. But if you're, if you're drinking, Three, four times a week, they're like, all right, like no biggie. That's what it's what we do. It's, it's American culture. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous because like we're sitting here and I'm like, we're drinking, it's like whatever. You know, I'm not worried about it. I drink on many podcasts. We start smoking, I'm like, fucking and then I start thinking about all the times I've smoked in my podcast or smoked in my life. I'm like, Am I gonna have to what what if I'm gonna have to like delete these or am I gonna have to like, you know, stop smoking? It's like, wait. This is only becoming more legal, and it's weird. You know the 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 um the criminalization of like plants is so weird. Plant. It's weird. Grow it. Weed and like it's like and I get like the psycho substance of it, but it's like meth. Okay, <laughs> cocaine also. Okay, get you it. know. So the thing with like those kind of things is it's not even natural. They put they put gasoline in cocaine. Like I I know people who do coke. Yeah. 
and you know, and I'm I like, we all know people who do it. Oh, yeah, we all know people who do it. Yeah. I've, I, you know, I've never done it. I hope I never do. Yeah. But the thing for me is like, they're like, yeah, it's good if it smells like gasoline. And I'm like, you know, that's because they put real gasoline in it, right? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so you want like, like, you want some gasoline in your body? Like, at least like, you know, weed, eat, eat, like mushrooms. At least it's like, it's all literally grown, natural, found on earth. Yeah. It's at least, I mean, it's the least you can ask for, I right? Think por- Dude, I hate. I hate the world we're living in because it's like Portland is a shithole. Yes. It's so, dude, it's, but, but it's yet, not as bad as SF. No, no, it's not. Well, I mean. SF I is like, I feel like SF is dirtier than Portland. Like, like it just it just feels like there's like literal like thick grime. I just think that like, like particularly it's like Portland like passes good law. Like Interesting. decriminalization. Oh, yeah. For like. LSD trials for people who have problems mentally, like getting people off of like um, pharmaceutical drugs like opium and stuff like well, that. Well, so the thing is, the pharmaceutical companies put those drugs out knowing they're addictive. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, getting them off of them through like psychoactive substances that are like prevalent, like huge, like mushrooms, huge, huge bro. mushrooms, weed, LSD, all those yeah. things, they all have been proven. That's like, what I'm saying. Studies have shown. Yeah. And so, like, Trying it, at least that's a good law. Yet decriminalizing up to things for robberies, it's like you don't do both, bro. <laughs> like you don't have to go. Dude, I remember everywhere. SF like decriminalized theft for under nine, seven, up to nine hundred dollars. I thought it was seven, yeah, nine hundred dollars. And you see people just going in and just filling up Dude, shopping my bags. Aunt, <laughs> my aunt, bro, we argued, bro, and like I'm pretty progressive but i have some conservative leanings you gotta like, be both you can't be one way or another no, like, i just think like i don't give a fuck who you are i don't care about none of this sexuality that doesn't talk, matter to you right race or like nothing. you got your thing you got your people why are you worried what other people yeah, are doing but i do care about um individual individualistic qualities like i think people deserve to be like individuals and like do things oh, on their own and that's yeah, very totally. that's a very conservative thing you know uh, which is weird because it's like why uh, and i also don't think the government's very efficient i don't at all look at the dmv and look at the tsa <laughs> those are both two governmental policies that are not fucking efficient at all Bro, that's, gonna, that's low-hanging fruit but you're not wrong <laughs> yo, that's, that's what i'm saying bro. like you're gonna sit here and tell me like governmental uh, policies work and shit but it's like well bro, the thing with the big governments yeah. the u.s government is, is is all the lobbying that goes on yeah from the big companies but in, in a sense because of that it also makes it even more inefficient because it's not what the people want it's Who's 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 giving me the most cash? You know who's hooking me up? Yeah, and they're they're not. They say things, and maybe they want to do them, and then they get into office, and they always change. Mm-hmm. And it's like I always think, what is going on in the people behind the scenes? You know, Trump didn't have any political experience. He won office, dude. That was that was crazy, man. Like I remember when he first started running. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought it was a meme. Then he won, and he was president for four years. It's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you're right. He didn't. And yep. <laughs> but that's he, all I got to say about that. Uh, but then Biden. Sorry, he, I, mean to I, don't, I don't know what I'm gonna say about Biden right now because I could be getting in some heat. But I don't give a fuck. Fuck hey, you guys. We, we gotta be careful. We've been drinking. We've been smoking. Yeah, we don't have to be careful. Um, I have enough followers to where they'll say things that are like nice or mean but they won't be like oh you know what this happened you know i'm worried more about the future 
and what happens with it because it's like I am big enough to where I have a good enough audience to where I'm like making some money and like I have like people like, off like YouTube ads and stuff. YouTube, Spotify, podcast. That's yeah. dope, dude. Yeah, that's dope. I uh, that's dope. dude, honestly, it's the last year has been like crazy to me, honestly. But doesn't matter. Like the numbers is like ridiculous. But that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like I'm worried. Like that's good. I'm not like fucking Joe Rogan, clearly, but I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you got to start somewhere. I mean, you're making something that's fucking huge. My point you're doing is, it. My point is, it's fun. However, in the future, I could have people that are high up and be like, this is what you did as an idiot young kid. I can't have you. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm worried about. You know? Dude, yeah, like we're saying, man, it's what you post on social media. It, we put on the internet, it's there forever. It's there forever, mm. even if you delete it. And here's the thing. We're not doing anything wrong here. We're just speaking our opinions. You get canceled, bro. For what? You know? Exactly. For what? That's what you, that's what, that's what you have to I've guess. Said, that's what say. you have to guess, dude. That's, every year there's something new, <laughs> and you got to make sure you're on top of it. You got to make sure you're watching your shit. That's my whole thing about like liberal comedians who are like have said things wrong in the past. It's like, dude, you've literally said like Jimmy Kimmel did blackface, bro. He he did blackface, and now he's like one of the most liberal, um, outright fucking um, commentators, like on um, talk show hosts. And it's like, bro, you literally have done things worse than I will ever do. I I, I don't like the. Um, I also don't like like saying like you can't like. The fact that people can't like forgive themselves, you know, like, like the whole. So that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. like you're talking about people forgiving themselves, and like, right? So like Jimmy Kimmel did that, whatever. But like, I guess the thing is, he's grown, he's progressed. No, but he, but the problem with Jimmy Kimmel is the fact that he's attacking people for being evil motherfuckers who are doing who are doing like less than him. You know what I mean? Interesting. I I'm not above the. I I don't think that people should be blamed for any comedic thing ever. Honestly. Oh, dude! At, at, at the end of the day. It's a yeah. joke, right? Yeah. Like it's a fucking joke. It's words. It's words. Yeah. It sounds. Yeah. I'm always worried that uh like I say a lot of things and I and I argue a lot of like you know me. I argue a lot on my podcast. Dude, I did, bro, from Walter Freshman year, yeah. dude. I know, bro. I've like, changed a lot though. No, no, yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. You've changed. I've we've all changed a lot. I mean for it's sure, but like you still, you like to talk, bro. Remember, dude, remember when you came over to my house and my my homie was there, my homie Arjun. Do yeah. you remember that, bro? That was awesome, dude. Uh, I think that um, one of the best things that I've ever done is just like, you know, like I'm like I'm very extravagant or extroverted and like so I love talking to people and I love arguing with people like it's just fun for me it's not fun for everybody yeah, but it's fun dude, for me dude I dude yeah I but, don't like it but I know you like yeah. it and I know people like it and yeah so, but I like one of my favorite things is to do it to people who don't like it because like they need that you know it's good, for, lot, it's good for the character it's it well not just the character it's good for like your thoughts you know like why do you believe the things you believe why do you subscribe to the ideology you subscribe to it's like everybody should have things they believe in you know things they believe to be true why do you do that and it's like if you don't have anybody to challenge you on those like what are you doing and it's like i'm not trying to fucking like be a dickhead i'm trying to like challenge you on what you believe if i don't believe it you know yeah and you know 
people don't like that and people don't like me and that's fine you know I'm, I'm a very polarizing person but like most of what i do is just try to make people better you know like i just try to like not just people just me in general and like everything it's like i get why people will have feuds with me and i get why people think i'm a dickhead but it's like most of what i'm trying to do is like just like make everything better you know like i don't i don't want like society where people are so dogmatic to where they can't even like disagree you know and so if i'm just like poking at people who are like our age who haven't really formalized their brains you know it's fine you know it's like you're gonna start being like because like here's the thing people are gonna disagree with me and they're gonna be like fuck you i'm gonna beat your ass and they're gonna leave me like god damn maybe he's right you know like (laughs) that's the thing though maybe you'll get mad in the moment but like you're gonna leave and be like shit was i right you know like with people our age it's like you're thinking about things you're thinking about life you're gonna change your mind once you get like a little older than us, not very older than us, like you're, it's gonna be set in stone. It's gonna be really hard to change your mind, and that's when you get racist cops. That's when you get racist judges. That's when you get like all these dogmatic people who who don't understand life. And so, like, I think like poking at it now is like fun as <laughs> fuck, you know. It's good for the. It's good. It's good for you to think about those type of things. It's good for the soul. It's good for the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, whether you keep up. With the current trends, whether you keep up with the current news, whatever it is, it doesn't it doesn't matter because you still live in the society at the end of the day. So yeah. you it affects you. Yeah. So that's why you got to keep up with those type of things. You know, you just you got to accept to them. Don't forget the mic, bro. I, don't know, I was right here. Dude. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'm just saying, like, we're kicking. It. You can bring it back a little bit. No, so I was right here, and then I'm not talking. No, I said you can bring it back if you don't want to like uh, lean up. Those, I'm saying. I mean, it's good. I know when I talk, I move up, and when I'm when I'm listening, I scoot back. Do you think right that? What do you think you're gonna do with your degrees? My degrees. Um, well, so in, originally, I you know I, I got recruited. I'm to grab f- one of these. Help yourself, dude. No, you're good, bro. I don't want all of them there. Well, this is all of them right here. So, um, so I came to Pacific. I got recruited to Pacific um, for football for quarterback. We know. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, you guys don't know. He. Got they don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got recruited for football uh, for Pacific. You know, straight out of Fremont High School. Shout out to my high school coach, Coach Giff. This is his birthday a couple weeks ago. He's a homie. Um, you know. Yeah, so came from Fremont, got recruited for quarterback, played quarterback, was on the football team playing quarterback for a year, and then I switched to tight ends, mm-hmm. and then I resigned after the end of the season, said I don't want to play anymore, then COVID hit. Perfect timing in my opinion, because the next year, we guys played five games or three games? I know two of them were against two, George Fox, two. and both of them were against George Fox, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so I'm glad you went for to meetings and lifts and all that crap for a whole year, <laughs> and you got two football games. I'm not. <laughs> Honestly, I'm still not over that shit, bro. Keep going now. So like, I, that's why I say I got out at the perfect time. You know, I, I still play rugby. I still I go kayaking. I go skiing, bungee jump, whatever. So I'm still active. I'm still yeah. doing things. I have two jobs. You know, I got a whole ass major and minor, whatever. Um, so that's why you know I don't think it's a big deal. Um, so why can't Pacific get in there? Recruited for football. Stop playing. Now I bungee jump. I do physics and CS. Um, and there was another question you asked. I'm so sorry. Fuck. No, dude. I'm thinking the same thing. Um, what do you think you're? Gonna oh, do with, with my degree? with my yeah. yeah with my degree. So now um, I'm trying to live in a van. I'm trying to get. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, this is ambulance. a good thing to talk about. Yeah, I'm trying to get an ambulance box truck type thing. How are you gonna not turn into what's his name from uh, Call of the Wild? 
Um, what was his name? Chris or something? Chris. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't come up. Yeah. Somebody in the comments. <laughs> I know you will. You're like, this motherfucker's not even. You guys don't know who it is. Dude, go. If you want to have some fun, go into my comments. I don't know. Comment sections are always a good time. Um, but They're so, not good if you like, get the notifications for them. It happens, man. Um, so yeah, going into CS, I was like, you know, I can get a job for the rest of my life wherever I want, and it can be remote. Yeah. There's so many oh little God, tiny good, jobs. Bro. They're delicious, aren't they? Oh, my God. They're very good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so there's so many little random jobs at CS companies, like tech companies, yeah. um, that don't involve straight coding because I'm not the best coder. You know, I don't, I don't love it. Um, that you can do work remotely and get paid well. Those companies take very good care of their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of my plan. You know, I'm in no hurry to like get in a relationship or have kids or a legit Somehow. job. I landed on the tail. Yeah, like, landed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that kind of thing. I'm just I'm just trying to hang out, go bungee jumping, all that stuff. Whitewater yeah. kayaking, cliff jumping, explore the earth. I, uh, you sound like my girlfriend. She wants to do all that stuff. I, uh, I don't know, bro. I want to get my degree and have kids and have a family. That's like kind of my dream. Like, yeah, I don't know about dream. How many kids are you trying to have? Three. Three? All boys? I would like to have all boys, but yeah. Two boys and girls, like what I think. Dude, I just know, I, I would personally not, I would want like all boys if I were to have kids for some ridiculous reason. Um, I think two boys and a girl because like, Boys Especially if they're older, bro. Like they'll beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> they'll watch over your little girl. Yeah, I don't yeah. want an older girl. Dude, like. I just know because my mom had three boys. I have two little brothers, and she wants. She always wanted a girl, never got it. So I feel like since I really, really don't want girls, I'm really like just gonna be stuck with them. You know? Yeah. But I'm I mean, not. But I'm like, not trying to have kids to begin like, with. So this is the cool thing about women, bro. Like I like I found with like my girlfriend, my mom, my sisters. Like they're beautiful souls, bro, and they're and they're. They're so different than us, you know. It's cool to like be really close with them, you know. Even my one of my old ex best friends, she's married now, but her name's Skylar. It's like getting close to them, especially Trinity. It's like it's such an event, you know. It's like Wait, how long have you guys been dating? Uh, so speak of us, we're up. Sorry, guys, you're New we're up there. Now we're never two Oh, uh, that's us. We we started dating in um. So there, we have two dates. So we started talking in July of Look at um, this guy. <laughs> July of 2019. We date. We started dating in um, January 1st, 2020. So it's technically been two and a half years. Okay, um, but that's three, cute that you three. know those dates. Almost three. Uh, that's my dude, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's I like obviously it. a woman, but that's my, that's my, no, um, it's the homie. It's my partner, honestly. And I'll talk about this for a second. Like being in a relationship like that, it's like you guys fuck up, like not like cheating or anything, but like you fuck up and you do a lot of bad things and like, like not bad things. just like you hurt each other. You like, you, you argue, you do like, you, you know, be you human, uh, you be human and like, you're not perfect, but like, while doing so, like, it creates this, like, bond, like, you know, fighting and getting better. And it's just, like, like, that's my dude, you know? Like, like, and not, like, that's my dude. Like, that's my dude. Like, that is my person. Like, Dion, me and Dion have been best friends and brothers since eighth grade. You know, and I love that kid to death. And I'll do anything for him. But, like, me and Trin, like, I, like, she is my person, you know? Right now, like, especially, like... I hope forever, you know, but she is that 
she is that for me and um and it's like there's it's nothing like you can ever explain like i can't even explain it to you guys like i wish i could but it's like you find a person who just is so different from you but so alike to you you know and like there's things where you just intertwine you know and you create this new thing and you know and then all of a sudden it's like i want to marry you you know i i don't want to i don't want anything but marrying you and i want i want to have kids with you but it's dope you know what i mean it's like i i can't see a life without her you know i mean and like i feel like for like everybody who's in a relationship if you can't see like in high school relationships don't mean goddamn shit dude they don't mean shit bro like i'm telling like i mean unless it's like you so you guys started dating once you were in college right yeah interesting it's i feel like once you find a person where you're like if you haven't found a person where you're like, I I don't see anything. That's not, I don't want to hang out with them, you know? They don't annoy me, you know? They don't, they don't piss me off to the point where I'm like, I want to fuck you and fight you at the same time, you know? <laughs> you know, I want to eat your ass and also <laughs> stick a knife in it. Dude, those are like the worst feelings when you have for someone, like, like, <laughs> both those feelings yeah. at the same time for someone, dude. That's but you're gonna have that. News, that's, dude. No, that that's 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 relationship feel. That that's the person feelings, bro. Interesting. It's more obviously. I I love you, but it's like <laughs> you have like that. This like they, you. No one pisses me off more than you. You know. Interesting. I have to say, I've never been in a long term relationship. Mm. The longest relationship I was been was like probably two months. Mm-hmm. Um. So I can't quite say I relate super hard, you know. It's interesting. I definitely, you know, I probably have like a like couple, two like females in my life who like are my like my like very, very close friends, I would say. And so like I definitely relate to them on some level and But do you fuck them, bro? No. Okay. No. Which is interesting, right? Because it's just interesting. Yeah, so Here's my thing. A lot of people think that, and I'm gonna post this because I want you guys' opinions too. Uh, a lot, you're good. A lot of people think that like women and men can't be friends. What do you think about that? Well, hold on. Can women and men actually be friends without there being sexual tension? Yes. The end. The end. <laughs> yes, they can. You yeah. Know? You know, I think obviously, so the thing is about it, I think the reason it's such a big deal is because we're indoctrinated into it. Mm. So, you know, you know about the don't say gay bill in Florida, right? It's not a don't say gay bill though, bro. It's what just is a it? parent's rights bill. It's parent's rights, bro. They're talking about like, you can't, you can't talk about like LGBTQ basically. No, that's not how it is. Bro. Okay, what is that? Explain it. it. Honestly, you know more than me, so yeah. explain it to me. I just know. I read. I read it. Whatever I could read. I and what read did everything. you read? Just tell I, me. The, I the read. Gist. So what I read was that if a um, so basically like up until third grade, K through three, you cannot um, you cannot for like you cannot um talk about sexuality at all, and so if a um, somebody asked about their fathers, 
you you can explain you can bring them aside and t- and talk to them, but they ha- their parents have to have consent for you to talk to them about sexuality. So the parents have to have consent to talk about sexuality. You cannot, as a teacher, formally talk about whatever you want sexual. So like the, you went through sex ed in like elementary school, middle school. Right? Uh, I didn't go through sex ed until fifth and then eighth grade. Okay, yeah. So. So your parents had consent to do that. Like, did they? I remember my parents. I brought home a form and then yeah. signed it before we did yeah, it. Yeah, so I think, some shit like I that. Think parent can maybe. I I just I understand K through three because there has been a lot. There has been a good amount of, and I understand both sides. Like, I don't. I think that there shouldn't. Like, I think a lot of people think that if a son has like two gay mothers or two gay fathers, they can't. Ask about it, which that's not how what the gate the bill says, um, and I understand that frustration. I'm basically saying that I I don't K through three is, is really young, you know. And so the thing is, what about all the heterosexual indoctrination that they receive from movies, media, TV, everything else they see? Like why yeah. why is that not a big? No, deal? I think and Disney just came out and said they're going to make more gay movies and stuff, which is. And a lot of people have taken issue to that. And I think you can add more, like you can add like homosexuality to like pop culture and stuff like that. I don't think that that answer is into um, one through three. I just know for like being being human that this is a really difficult difficult concept. But yeah. one, it's like um, uh, there's more heterosexual people in this world, just in general, because like that's just biological. You know, like people are for sure. You know, they're, they're heterosexual. I mean, he- homosexuality is clearly uh biological for like you know like that was an argument but not anymore but uh, heterosexuality has it's been one not only the norm but it's like very prevalent um and and, um you know i don't i don't think anyone who grows up i'm not gonna speak on anyone who grows up gay or lesbian but i think that everybody knows that like that's how you make babies right right and uh, um and so, like, heterosexual normativity is, I, I don't want to, it's not a bad thing. It's just you should add more prevalence to homosexuality. There should be some things, right, that have homosexuality. I just don't think. It's a difficult concept. It's the same thing about, um, so, uh, it's, yeah, before you say it, it's the same thing about, um, like, how many black people and Mexicans should you add to movies with white people? Because it's like, there's more white people, but there's also these people, you know? So my question is about the good don't say gay bill or whatever it is. Yeah. So like a student can't ask their teacher like why they have two dads. Is that no, I think they can. I just don't. The I teacher think just can't tell everybody about it. I think the teacher can't tell everyone about it until the parents. So until I the think, parents consent. See, I this is what I don't know about the bill is can can they say that you're I don't well also I don't know if gay marriage is legalized in Florida. But, um, so that's ridiculous to begin with, right? Like, come on. Well, no, 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 never mind. Obergefeld v. Hodges. I'm an idiot. Yes, of course it is. Um, so I don't know if they can. So they should be able to say, um, I don't. So if the if the kid asks, hey, why do I have two dads? Then or, or paint a picture. Let's say the teacher's like, paint a picture of your family, and you're like, someone says, hey, oh, why does he have two dads? Um, and you'd be like, he uh, has he has two dads because his two dads loved each other and they were married. The teacher should be able to say that. Uh, I just think the teacher can't say anything about ah, shit. I don't know. I don't even think a teacher can. It, it seems like a teacher can't even say draw a picture of your family 
because it's like if you can't talk about sexuality at all homosexuality or heterosexuality how can you draw a picture of a family so that's just kind of like like honestly what whatever the bill says doesn't matter we don't live in florida thank fucking god um, I mean, Texas is even worse, bro. Yeah, Texas, bro. That's bro. The South, like anywhere, like anywhere. That's not the West Coast. West Coast, best coast. That's my point. Um, my point is that whatever it is doesn't matter. Like my point is that they speak about heterosexuality. All like they would openly probably speak about heterosexuality, but they're not going to openly speak about homosexuality. That's all my point is. Yeah, it's um, clearly that's that's very clear. I think that if you have a bill. I don't I think the bill is just saying like don't talk about sex sexuality transgenderism So that means they can't talk about heterosexuality? So if I ask like yeah, how yeah, yeah. my it mom does, and dad it, de- thing, it definitely does mean you can't talk about sex heterosexuality. I mean I guess as I guess if it as long as it talks about heterosexuality too then like The weird thing about whatever, um, I guess <laughs> The only though. thing that I uh The only thing about heterosexuality is that like most kids like boys like they wanna like they have an excitement for girls, you know, when they're like little, and it, and if they don't, like they don't say anything, and that's like not very cool, you know, and it's, and it's not, it's just like how life works, you know, and so like if there was a time where like, it's just such a weird, it's such a weird thing because it's like kids don't understand why they're excited to see a woman, you know, or a girl, or, or it does kind of come. So you're saying because it comes natural, right? Like, like, like hey, it's definitely natural. I so, think. like, so then, but that can also happen. to People who are homosexual, right, can come. Natural. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree that everything sexuality is natural. So then, like, if you're gonna explain one, why not explain the other? I think explaining is weird. I never got explained why. I never got something explained to me why I liked women. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, so, but would you need that if you? I mean, yeah. Okay, sorry. I think. No, you're good. I think no. I think this is a difficult. I like you. You're you're giving me, um, or giving everybody a a deep other side. You know, like I I don't know the answers, but this is a good conversation to have because I think everyone listening wants to wants to hear this. I think um, specifically speaking, um, or particularly speaking, I I think that m- you go to an elementary school, most boys want to. Attack girls, and most girls are have some feeling about boys. However, there's some people who are doing the opposite, you know. Um, and so that's a weird thing to do. And I think the "Don't Say Gay" bill is a weird line because it's like I don't know if it says "Don't say gay," don't say gay, but I know that it's clearly directed towards the personal pronoun transgenderism homosexuality uh, wokeness that people that republicans not people republicans fight against you know and whether or not they are attacking homosexuality and genderlessness they are you know and so i don't think anybody you know, if, if there were some really wokest trying to fucking talk about gay shit all the time to young kids, and, like, you shouldn't do that. Because, yeah, like, maybe that's a little over the top. You know, so, like, I understand if they're thinking that's why they're doing it, but I think that if you, you can go too far, like, trying to defend anyways. Um, and so, like, with that being said, you should find a way where everybody can be... Included while also being in a world where it's like 
kids don't have to fucking hear about sexuality while they're growing up, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of other things to life, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Do you think that uh, going forward, dogmatic like ideas like liberal or 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 conservative ideologies are going to become like less dogmatic in a sense, where everyone's going to becoming more aligned, or do you think that it's just going to keep getting worse and worse? Well, what I would have to say about that topic. <laughs> Um, you know obviously the two party system is flawed that's what yeah. I'll say about that and what it makes me relate to honestly is, fuck this whole conversation do you think we're living in a simulation and <laughs> um, I think it's possible I think at the end of the day it doesn't fucking matter whether we're living in a simulation yeah or not. but like no. you're a physics major and a CS major like what is the probability we're actually living in? but like does it matter right cause this no, is, no no not, not, no no so doesn't think, matter think, 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 no, 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 think no, no, about no. our class no, that no, we took here, together here we going are we is our, re is our reality real you don't is our reality real yeah it's real no no I'm asking you I'm saying I'm saying it is because it says if this is all we know, then why not just accept it to be real? Right, what constitutes truly real? Wolfenstein, are we living in a simulation? I don't know, and I don't give a fuck. Okay, it doesn't matter. That's my point. It doesn't matter because this, what I'm doing right now, whether I mean I'm in an altered state of mind, but what I'm doing right now is still real life, as real to me as I've ever known it, and as mm -hmm. I ever will know it to be. Okay. So to me, I'm accepting that as my truth and my reality. Because why not? Like, why? Like, what? If we are living in a simulation, that means that there's some sort of more real life, yeah. right? But, like, why Why believe in that? Why think of it? Why would that be true? Like, why not just accept what you have? Yeah, I and, that, yeah. And, I mean, dude, like, we talked about it in our in our class we took last semester, yeah. right? Like, you're one true truth. Okay, my question is, you, you believe in relative or absolute space? Okay, that is crazy. It's um, not that crazy. I think that there is – well, it's crazy in the sense like if you're religious or not. I, mean, it's it, I guess it's not that crazy to me because I'm obviously a physicist, so I'm yeah. all about relative space. Yeah, as I say, so. you, you're definitely – you definitely think space is something that exists relative to something else. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely a universe that was created by something. Um, so I, th I would say there's – I don't want to say there's absolute space. I don't want to say... Honestly, I will say I'm, I I subscribe to absolute space. Okay, first off, can you describe absolute and relative space to the people who are listening that don't understand what we're talking about? So, basically, absolute space and relative space is the concept of space. And so, relative space is that, like, if one thing is spinning, let's say a bucket of water is spinning. This is a classical example. A bucket of water is spinning, and I'm there to watch it, and it's so it's spinning relative to me, then I know it's spinning... I'm going to see the water go up the sides. But if it's just a bucket of water in space with no one there to watch it spin, how do you know it's spinning? And so, I mean, it goes all into like, you know, if you're moving on a train, right, and you're completely closed in, how do you know you're moving? If you're moving at a constant velocity, yeah. you don't. And that's what I really like about relative because that's what gravity is. Gravity is not a real force. No. Gravity is an acceleration. And that's, that's when I took relative. That's what blew my mind. That's... And, the, and it connects, too, because I like jumping off things. I like experiencing the gravity, I like feeling it, going down, seeing it. And so it's just that acceleration, and that's what I love about it. And so going back to absolute relative space, I'm a relativist because, obviously, you can only move relative to something. If you're yeah. just moving and it's complete black all around, you don't know if you're moving or not. 
And so that's kind of what it boils down to. It's crazy that you put that, uh, the bungee jumping. Like, oh, dude, I, that's like, that's like what I'm trying to think. I got this thing, Bridge Lokes. I'm trying to make like a little clothing brand swag type deal in Bridge Lokes and like all our logos, our models, just kind of about gravity. And so my other question to you is besides relative space or absolute space is, are you religious at all? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking this, um, rel- comparative religions class dude i was gonna take that yeah and then you I, had some shit dude I, dude uh, it's because you bro it's because your advisor like screwed you yeah, right yeah yeah dude you gotta like bro i learned like how to schedule my my schedule from a real advisor that's what i tell people if you go to school at all if you have like a, a teacher as your advisor yeah. fuck that shit yeah get it your school has advisors whose sole job is to advise people on their major in their career go get one of them ask for it it's worth it because that's their sole job. A teacher's job is to teach, not to advise mm-hmm. fools. And so, like I'm telling you that that'll help. That'll help you save you time, more credits, and less time. That's something I do. I try to m- double up on like the BS credits, all the humanities, all those credits, all those credits. I try to. There was one class that I got three separate core requirements for all mm-hmm. in one class. It's with. It was with Terry O'Day. It's called Design for Sustainability. There's a new teacher now. She retired. Shout out Terry. I used to work with her as well. She's the boy. I got to pass for work. Well, we lost something that we lost the last like 20 minutes. So, Roman, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having um, me. You can come on whenever you want, bro. It's I'm definitely trying to be back. Yeah. Um, thanks again. Uh, just... Tell everyone who you are again and where to find you if they want to figure out who you are and stuff. My name is Roman Stein. Check me out on Instagram at Bridge Lokes. That's me. That's him. Well, thank you guys so much for um, coming on the pod. I mean, coming on and watching the podcast for this entire time. I'm sorry that I lost the the, con- the um, conversation about the. Um, Ancestry.com and everything. But if you guys want to subscribe to my podcast, it's at Colin Amanda's Answers. Um, if you guys want to subscribe to me or follow me on my social media, it's at Colin Amanda's or Colin Weirs, W E I R E S. Other than that, like, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode of my episode. It's not number 99. Uh, Roman will be on again. This is uh, a dope ass dude, dude. He. He is we we argue about a lot of things, but he is he's he's one of my first friends here, and he's a dope Walter dude, so. baby. And so, uh, thank you guys for coming along. And other than that, just make sure you subscribe to me, follow me on my social media, and follow him, and subscribe to his uh, bungee jumping. And as always, stay demanding. Yes, sir. Uh...